Welcome to Sisters Usaga, a sci-fi fantasy recap podcast. I'm MK. And I'm Libby. We're two sisters who love to discuss fantasy and sci-fi stories that transport us to worlds more magical than our own. We've noticed that the female perspective is often missing in the sci-fi and fantasy genres, both in the development process and in the fandom discourse. So we're going to examine both old and new epics through feminist colored glasses. This may lead to thirsting after unsuspecting characters with six-packs, or throwing shade at sexist tropes that should have long ago been pushed through the moon door. We'll be dissecting all aspects of the films and shows we cover, so be warned, there are spoilers on the road ahead. In this episode of Sisters Who Saga, we are covering the season three finale of Britannia. Do you want to get us started? Yes, I do. So something that they cover in the recap of like what's happened so far before this happens is Divis says our prophecies aren't made for this. They're coming at us in ways we cannot see. So I thought that was kind of an interesting line to kind of lead us into the finale. It's certainly not hopeful. No, it's not. <laughs> Let's dive in. Um, so the episode opens with Divis uh, stuck in a tree after falling from the bridge where the whole uh, fight scene had happened last episode he suddenly flashes back to the moments when Anya showed her true colors and he realizes that she is the one who will betray Kate she's the bad one and he momentarily forgets that he's like up in a tree and kind of like starts to move like he's just gonna go and like walk and tell someone his new revelation and then he like falls out of the tree into the ground onto the ground um and it's kind of a funny scene and it also um, harkens back to when he was kind of torturing Phelan, who was also in a tree pretending to be a squirrel. And <laughs> then Phelan thought, fell yeah, out I of a tree. I personally didn't connect those two. Yeah, it's just like everything comes full circle. <laughs> For sure. Um, after the intro music, so that, you know, the Children of the Revolution plays after that. Mm-hmm. and Probably the last time we're going to hear it, right? Every season's a different song. Yeah. True. Uh, Anya, we kind of come upon Anya in the wetlands. Her and Kate are traveling along um, kind of aimlessly. Like, we're not really sure where they're going, but they find a human skull in the lake or in this weird swamp. And then Anya pretends to get blood out of Kate's hair, but instead she's tying the red string into her hair. Really not good. Not cool. Not great. Meanwhile, uh, Aulus and his remaining soldiers arrive at like a Roman camp and all the soldiers are scorched. Like they're all kind of like burned, but they were all very like kind of continuing on what you have said in the past few episodes where it's like they're really trying to show that the Roman soldiers are slacking. They're like a mess. Like he just like all this kind of walks in and he's like, these are my soldiers. These, This is like the Roman camp I'm deciding to get to. And you guys are just kind of like a mess. Mm-hmm. They're very comfortable. Yeah. Not on high alert. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Rain and Antidia are arguing over the her loyalty, so Antidia's loyalty to Kate, um, because he did see her, like, consider shooting the bow and arrow at Alice when they were... Instead of defending Kate, she considered. But she did. But yeah, 
he saw that she hesitated. Yeah, he wasn't happy about the hesitation. He really wasn't. So she storms off. She's like, forget you guys. I'm gone. And it's not really clear where she's going. Phelan and Rain are trying to figure out what to do next. So it's like Phelan, Rain, and Divis basically are left. Like, Antidia has stormed off. We don't know where Drella is. Anya's with Kate. And they're like, well, let's just try to find Kate. That seems like the next logical thing to do. And then Phelan admits that Anya is, like, not herself. Like, he kind of launches into a retelling of the night before where he was, like, having a discussion with her. And it looked like she wasn't there. Like, yeah. he said he looks looked in her eyes and she wasn't in there. Some Something else was. <sighs> okay. This was such, like, a moment where I was, like feeling like that's a like that's a smart observation that you Mm -hmm. made i don't know why you didn't tell anyone till now but like i think when when i watched that scene originally i was like dumb feeling like he's not picking up on how weird she's being Mm -hmm. and then like later on he's like no like she wasn't there like her something in her eyes was like empty and i was like oh like he's smarter than i gave him credit for like he could tell that she wasn't herself Right, and I feel like it was a miscommunication of the group in general because if Kate had shared with everyone mm. that, even if it was, like, individually in private or something, yeah, that she had hurt, like, that she's worried that someone's going to betray her or that yeah. someone's not right. Then he might have said Then he something. might have said something right away. I mean, it was the night before. Maybe people were starting to, like, wind down and, like, rest or something, and he didn't quite think it was important enough to say anything, but... I was just like, oh, you noticed that. I did not realize that you were that observant. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. The the twerpy ones, they can surprise you. Mm, <laughs> they the can. Twerps, the twerps. They can surprise you. The twerps. And then, and I do, and then Divis is kind of like, yeah, she stole Big Pebble from me. And so he remembers yeah point. so like he didn't say anything about it either obviously. no i don't think he remembered until he hulked out and then came back it was like i wonder if like turning into puika and then coming back, back into himself kind of like emptied him of any sort of mind control at that point okay or something maybe. i don't know because it seemed like he didn't remember it before and he definitely knows now yeah he goes and he says well i agree i was gonna say that too i think Anya's the rat. She was stronger than Big Pebble. She threw him in the lake. And they've just, you know, they've all decided Anya's got to go. So Alice gets Lucius locked up at the camp that they have just arrived at and goes to find the room that he's staying in. Um, And as he's getting settled in, the boy, like his son's ghost, basically, shows up um, in his room and Alice finally admits that he knows that it's not his real son, that his real son is dead. He watched him die. And that it's really actually Laka. And the boy confirms. And then Alice is, like, super happy. He, like, bows down and says, like, mighty Laka. He's crazy. <laughs> and then the three stooges, Divis, Phelan, and Rain, are all, like, walking down this Roman road and they're kind of just trying to discuss, like, what to do next. How are they going to find Anya and Kate? It's kind of like the yellow brick road, but they're missing, <laughs> they're missing Dorothy. Who's who? Phelan is probably the scarecrow. Rain is the lion. 
and Divis is the Tin Man. <laughs> yeah. It's the best I could do. I mean, so they're just kind of walking down this road, this Roman road, and, like, talking about Anya and how she's obviously the bad one and all this stuff, but nothing's really, like, happening yet. Um, do, let's see. Meanwhile, Anya... Is that when Divis is, like... Or, no, is that when Phelan's, like, Anya is stronger than you and Big yeah. Purple? Yeah. <laughs> Divis is just, like, what Divis is, like, complaining. He's, like, I'm the one who trained Kate for all of this, and I get no credit, blah, blah, blah. And then Phelan's like, wow, so Anya was stronger than Big Pebble. And stronger than you. Yep. <laughs> Divis is like, what the hell, bro? Basically. Phelan's just like, it's just facts. No no, no offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anya and Kate are like wandering around a swamp, that swamp that they were at. And they're definitely like in a trance. It's kind of like an acid trip or something. Mm-hmm. They're like really high yeah they seem like they're tripping yeah and kate says where are we going and she's like laughing and giggling and like kind of spinning around and anya's like i have no idea and they're just like laughing divis and phelan and rain are finally come to the end of the road that they're on and there's this like weird strange man tied to a throne and he's got like his face painted is all green he's got like these beautiful like colorful robes and jewelry and like a feather headdress and he tells them that he's basically like a sacrifice to the gods for like a local tribe they don't i don't think they ever say like which tribe this is i don't remember them saying it but he's going to be sacrificed to the gods to help defeat the roman devils and they're like we're druids like so we're like on your team or whatever we're like and they're like but you probably don't want to do this. Like, you don't really want to sacrifice yourself. Feelings like, you know they're going to kill you, right? Like, <laughs> And he's like, it's an honor to be a sacrifice. And then finally, he's the crazy man is like, well, you can't be druids because you, you were walking on this Roman road. The devil's road. The devil's path or whatever. He's like, if you were actually druids, you would never walk on this road made by demons. Um, so he starts spazzing out. His villagers hear him making all these squawking noises and they come out and find our guys and they're like they tie them up and they don't believe them that they're druids and so they They must they get them tripping somehow they give them some sort of drug and tie them up the same way this other guy is tied up and paint their faces green yep and they're like going to be sacrifices as well we were talking about before the episode started like that scene like took us out of it a little bit like we i don't know i personally like i didn't like how it was done like it just was like it didn't feel like on the on not on theme but kind of in line with the rest of the show it mm. kind of felt out of nowhere yeah. I, I just i i wasn't like ha, ah, this is so funny i was kind of like this is a bit much <laughs> it was a lot i think it was reward we, like, you were rewarded when Drella comes in and saves the day, like yeah. then I was like, it's worth it. Cause yeah, that was great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, but it was kind of strange. So well, I think it was partly the way it was shot. It was like the cameras were like right up to their faces. I was trying to show like how high they were. And there was, they were just like laughing and saying weird things. And like Phelan was probably the funniest one out of all of them. But I was just like, like it didn't feel tonally consistent. 
Yeah, it was Because even, the, even though there's funny parts for the show, it's not like, it's not like that. Really. Yeah. It was, it was all. strange. Um, so they're tied up and they're about to get sacrificed. Like the tribe kills the first guy who was actually like a part of the tribe. And then they're like about to do, oh, they're about to kill. Well, before they kill, try to kill the other guys, they're like totally tripping out and feeling just keeps saying like, oh, daddy. <laughs> and then Divis goes, I can't feel anything south of my tits. That was great. Um, so they're clearly like numbing them with some sort mm. of crazy potion or whatever. But they're about to kill Phelan and then a bunch of arrows come in and like kill people. And then it's Drella. So Drella didn't die. Um, <laughs> they had thought, I left this out before, but they had thought that Drella had died because she fell off the bridge during the fight. Um, but she's still alive and she saved the day. So oh my gosh, she awesome. says something to to rain that's like oh thanks for the burial or something like that because like they literally just like left, left them behind like left her left body her there and didn't like bury her or anything for sure she was like thanks a lot for She's nothing like, that was really nice of you dick mm-hmm. yeah yep doesn't she like oh my gosh she like does it cut to her like waking up and she like grabs a bird and like eats its head or something like she like snaps a bird's neck and like eats a bird or yeah I think it does <laughs> it's like yep that seems like something she would do for, for sure, sure. <laughs> yeah so um they get saved she's you know they kind of continue on Kate walks along a beach by the ocean with Anya and she, Anya's trying to tell Kate about Laka and how he's more powerful than the Baron and the Druid gods She's clearly, like, just trying to, like, bring Kate over to the dark side a little bit there, I think. Yeah. Or, like, at least introduce her to who Laka is. Meanwhile, Alice is losing his actual mind. <laughs> he's, like, playing with the ghost of his dead son in front of, like, all the soldiers. Like, he's not even pretending oh anymore. God. And he's, like, joyfully just, like, has him on his shoulders. So it looks like he's, like, pretending that there's an invisible child on his shoulders and, like playing fake sword fighting and like it's all this so stuff. It's so like secondhand embarrassment. It's so Like you know it's over for him. Like none of those soldiers will ever respect him again. No, yeah. He's clearly insane. Um, and they're just kind of like watching with their jaws dropped like what is going on because he's like giggling like a little kid. Yeah. Like um, it's super weird. They're basically just like, And it's weird too because he just he knows it's Laka now, right? Yeah. So it's almost like... I think he's really happy it's Laka. Oh, okay. He's, like, obsessed with Laka. He's, <laughs> he's, like... That's... Yeah. Hempel and Amina kind of arrive to find him doing this, and he's... So, so suddenly he's back in his room, and they're, like, watching him, and he's kind of, like, conked out in a way. He's, like, staring off. And Hempel and Amina are just, like kind of confused and hemp well amina is kind of confused and hempel basically says you see that's how it works you take your fear and your loss and you turn it up until it's pure madness pushes you and pushes you until you lose yourself and eventually go pop and there in the clear pure pop of insanity you find it and you're ready sacrifice it's the gift that keeps on giving so I wanted to unpack that a little bit. Okay. 
Sounds like some bullshit to me. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, she's saying that he – so obviously he has done a lot of things that she can use in order to, like, play on his fear and his – like, his son, for example, like that whole thing. Yeah. Like – she says, we can take your fear and your loss and turn it up until it's pure madness, which is literally what this is. What she is. did to him. But I guess when she says, like, and there in the clear, pure pop of insanity, you find it and you're ready. Sacrifice. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So is she saying she's going to sacrifice him or that he's going to sac- – he already sacrificed so much and now he's – cuckoo cray or it's almost like she's saying like once once we've broken you like you'll do anything Mm. or something like that okay but not what you're getting kind of yeah like we'll drive you to madness and then you'll be ready to like sacrifice yourself okay i don't know yeah and then amina says and what was your sacrifice and hempel says who says i've sacrificed anything yet um, Hempel goes to visit Lucius after that, um, and she basically just tortures him, trying to figure out where the spear is. Um, and Tidia, who has, like, stormed off beforehand, mm-hmm. went to go find her cousin and his tribe. Mm-hmm. So she kind of, uh, reconnects with them. Lucius is in, like, really bad shape. They kind of, sh- you know, come back, cut back to Lucius, and Hempel has, like, completely broken him down like he's just like she's burned his feet and his hands and stuff with on like a hot poker thing um and she's basically like she asks she lists off like tons of atrocities that he's done like people he's killed Mm. and all that stuff like as a roman soldier you've just like done a whole lot of bad stuff and then she asks like when those ghosts will come to find him like he's clearly haunted by these things that he's done and now that he's quote-unquote saved or like done this you know taken on this story of the spear of the silver dawn and jesus and all that like the ghosts suddenly disappear and she's like isn't that so convenient Mm -hmm. basically which i kind of read that as like almost commentary on Christianity in general. Like, oh, you can do tons of terrible stuff and then you're baptized in Jesus and everything's cool again. Mm-hmm. You know? Definitely not something I think she's going to be into. No. And he <laughs> was like, he was basically like, you're right, you're a coward. I'm a coward. He escaped. Basically, he's saying he escaped by killing a man, but he wasn't a man. Um, And when he saw that, when he saw him again, like three days later after he had risen from the dead, he had a light in his eyes and Lucius wanted that light. He wanted to have that light in his eyes, too. And he basically says like that Hempel would never understand that. And he drew, like, a cross, like, a crucifix into the mud. Mm -hmm. And then he said, like, he had found forgiveness. Mm. I do want to go back for a second. Is there... There's a scene with Divis where he goes to the underworld. This was when he was on those drugs. 
mm-hmm. um, that tribe that tied them up and gave them drugs. And he kind of goes to the underworld while he's on these drugs. Yeah. And he sees Alice holding Kate. So we can talk about that more later, but that's it was literally just like a premonition of what was to come. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I wasn't thinking that at the time. I think I was like, oh, you know, that's what could happen. Like, he, he like Kate could end up with Alice. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, that's for sure what's going to happen. Sure. But I guess we should have known. <laughs> right. So then fast forward back to where we were with Lucius and Temple. Is that yeah, he, well, I finished it. So he draws that cross in the mud and then he's like, I found forgiveness, something that you wouldn't understand. Yeah. And don't need. Yeah, I mean, she's not looking you're pure for evil. it. <laughs> yeah. No, she's pure evil. And you can, I think that's so interesting too because you can, I mean, it's funny because Christianity does this too, but like, you could so easily be like, you don't want someone to feel forgiveness because you want to use those things that they did against them. Right. And you want to be able to control them and manipulate them by guilting them about what they've done. But if they find forgiveness, then they're not as easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see that being a big reason why, like, Hempel wouldn't like it. Yeah, for sure. It's a good point. Then we come back to Kate, who's tripping on a beach with Anya. She starts having visions of, like, her sister who's died, and she's, like, spitting around and laughing like a little kid. And then she has a flashback to the little boy who told her that one of them will betray you. And then all of a sudden, like, just after he says that, Anya, like, appears in front of her face, you know, like, and, like, grabs her face and, like, asks if Laka is inside of her. And all of a sudden the little boy is there too he's like kind of in a vision this is all very like trippy like they're on acid or something but the little boy is there who's Laka and he says let go now peace awaits and so it's kind of clear that like Anya's trying to get Kate to surrender to Laka and like come to the dark side it's very Mm -hmm. much like almost like Star Wars like yeah trying to bring her to the dark side too the star wars vibe and but kate like fights back and a kind of a fight ensues and she's like fighting laka who's like trying to take over her and her sister's voice is there telling her like she's behind her there's like people in the underworld behind her like to Mm -hmm. stay strong and she basically like fights off laka and wins which is pretty cool that's a pretty cool scene it's interesting watching her like try and get pulled in mm-hmm. by this like darkness and she fights back against it yeah it's very metaphorical i was wondering if like one of the writers literally had an experience on like lsd or something <laughs> that was like similar to this like it was just very like <laughs> 70s trippy it like. makes her feel like in my mind like more powerful mm-hmm. it was a very like chosen one moment or like it's like how many people could have like resisted that mm. like it felt like she kind of is she's special and she's like superpowers maybe yeah <laughs> but in the aftermath of it it seems like Kate and Anya are like freed from yeah. Laka it seems like they've defeated Laka and Kate won and that's kind of over it freed Anya as well yeah 
Anyways, so Kate and Anya, freed of this trance that they were under, start walking towards the nearby camp. So somehow they've found the camp that Alice and Hempel are currently at. Um, and it's kind of nighttime, and they're approaching the camp. And Kate says, like, you stay here. I'm supposed to do this alone. And so Kate enters the camp alone. Which, which is like, dumb, a- first of all. <laughs> Because then later, later on in the scene, like she needs the right person she can get. Which I think she wanted to be like the main event for the entrance. She's like, Anya, this is my moment. Yeah, not yours. (laughs) My solo. Please move aside. Step aside. She's got a big giant stick. Like I definitely get like Varen vibes. Like the Varen when he was like the tree and when he attacked the other Roman camp. She had like a big giant, she has a big giant staff that she's got in her hand. And she walks into the camp. It's kind of nighttime, but she just like casually walks in, never gets stopped, and is in the middle of the courtyard with her stick and suddenly is like surrounded by soldiers who have their swords drawn. And Alice and Hempel arrive and they're like, capture her. And it's like very exciting. And then she starts like banging her her stick on the ground and it's very powerful like the soldiers are like being pushed back by it kind Mm -hmm. of like there's definitely some magic at play here and then she starts with every time she slams the stick on the ground she says you have to call it a staff staff i feel like saying she slams the stick on the ground just like doesn't sound as cool as it is in the show okay like she just has like a little tiny like twig and she's just hitting it on the ground giant staff (laughs) wizard staff and she, <laughs> and she start, starts saying like all the gods' names from the druid, from the druids each time she pounds. The scene was cool. The staff. It. She's like calling all of her gods to like help her and come support her in this battle, whatever it is. She says they st- she even tells Alice like these are the gods that stand behind me and then she tells them to kneel which obviously they're not going to do. And then suddenly like it's super cool like fiery arrows start like coming through the air and coming right at all the Roman soldiers. They're like being shot from outside the camp yeah. into the camp. But did you at first think that Kate was doing it? Cuz I definitely did. And then when I found out it was, like, other people, I was like, what? It's kind of like when you see a magic trick and then you see, like, how they did the magic trick. Mm. And I was like, no, I really wanted to believe that Kate could, like, summon fire. <laughs> like, was really into that. No, I knew it was um <laughs> Because remember well, when... Well, she tried to make it seem like she was doing it. Like, she was, like, hitting her staff down and then, like, fire came in. Yeah, I And mean, so she, she was trying to make it look like she was doing it to make sure. herself look more powerful. So I think for a second I was like, whoa, that's cool. And then I was like, oh, that's, that's all. It's still cool, though. Sure. You don't think so? <laughs> like, because that tribe always knew they were going to, they were destined to help her defeat the demon. So I thought it was way cool that it was them. Because okay. Antidia went and got them and knew yeah. to, like, bring them there. And then they're fulfilling their prophecy of, like, helping the Chosen One. I thought sure. it was great. Yeah. I don't know how she would have just, like, summoned she's random arrows. Because she's a witch? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> she's like a superhero. That would have been hard for me to believe that yeah. happened. But, I mean, um, she's done other magical things. So. Yeah. Not that magical. Okay. 
Then uh, Drella and her crew. I've now told, like, that's what I call them now. Drella and Drella her and crew. Her crew. Which is, like, Divis. And she saved, like, they would be dead without her. So feeling. they're now her her crew. Yeah, for sure. They arrive and start just, like, beating up the Roman soldiers and <laughs> joining the fight. Kate escapes kind of during all of this shuffling and finds Lucius in the basement and he tells her where the spear is. We don't hear it, but we know that that's yep. what's Yeah, he being like whispers said. it in her ear and then he's like, "Do you are you sure you want to know where this is or whatever?" and she says, "Yes." <laughs> she gives consent. Hempel then finds them and she's got some sort of like a bow and arrow and she's about to like shoot Kate. But then surprise Amina comes up behind Hempel and like hits her and says to Kate, like, come on, let's go. So we'll have to talk about this. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, but Hempel pops back up and is like fighting with Amina. And then you're like, oh no. And then Antidia comes up behind Amina. No, well, yeah. Amina and Hempel. And, and hits Hempel. So it's very like complicated. And then There's a lot again. of women fighting. And then. Divis and Rain. Women to get along, like women supporting other women. There are some. I'm just Amina supporting Kate. We don't support women who worship the chapel. Whoops, I'm just kidding. I think that the Church of Satan are probably cool people, but <laughs> in the world of this show, we're not. Right. Kate tries to escape, and she kind of breaks down and is like crying and just like really tired, I guess. She like lays down and is crying, and then Divis and Rain and <laughs> the way you said uh, that she like lays down like a little bit. I don't know. It was weird. Like I didn't know what was going on. I was like, run out of there! Um, but they come been... and pick her up and like bring her and like escape the camp. She had been injured somehow. Oh, she did get. Oh yeah, she got shot in the leg. That's right. Shot with an arrow. In with the an leg. arrow in the leg. Yeah. I was like, they don't have guns. Libby. No, no, no. With an arrow. I think you're confused. No. Libby's like, I don't know why she stopped. Like she just got shot in the leg. She just like, laid like, down, toughen up. <laughs> I mean, she had to get out of there. The whole place was starting on fire with all those arrows that were coming in. So they carry her out. Her team carries her out. Hempel has been captured by Amina and Antidia, who are suddenly on the same team, and they've brought her outside of the camp. And but they she's like laughing her. and having like a meltdown in her little I just wagon. Have, like in all capital letters, why is Hempel smiling? She's kooks. I'm laughing. She's like giggling and laughing. It's and so then scary. They're like watch like Amina and and Tidia are watching her, being like, "What you're like? What is going on?" So basically, she says like one of them. Hempel's repeating like one of them will betray you, and then she keeps saying like my victory. And she's got the red string in her hand. She's like playing with like a giant tangle Which I was of like, red her, string. Her hands are, or her like wrists are tied together because she's mm-hmm. like a prisoner. Yeah. And she also was like playing with the red string. I was like, how did she get that? Must have been like in her pocket or something. Yeah. I don't know. But um, and Tidia looks genuinely worried. I mean, yeah. As I, I as I, I was would too. as well. Yeah. Suddenly, Divis. So Divis is carrying Kate as they're like escaping and walking like we're kind of running away but the rest of the group goes up ahead a little bit and so suddenly Divis kind of like falls back while he's carrying Kate who's passed out and he suddenly looks like he's in some sort of a trance and he like very slowly like turns around and starts walking back to the Roman camp carrying Kate 
walks into the Roman camp. Alice is like, let him through. And he literally just hands Kate, who's passed, still passed out, into Alice's hands. This is just me it's screaming wild. at the TV for a while. And Alice goes, Laka be praised. And then Divis just kind of like leaves. Yeah. Because he's still in his kind of weird trance. And later on, he's, like, running to, like, a rocky beach. I don't know if he's, like, trying to find Big Pebble or something, but he's, like, <laughs> at a rocky beach. And he's freaking out. Like, it's like when you have, like, a some sort of bug on your back or something. He yeah. was, like, trying he to get something, something off him. of him, but he didn't know what it was. And he's, like, rolling around on the beach, just freaking out, trying to get it off him. And then he takes his shoe off, and there on his toe is a red string. So... Somehow someone got a red string on his toe. Yeah. And then he was being controlled. I think it was probably Anya when yeah, they had, had that night where he kind of blacked out a little bit. I would have to assume. The screen then goes to black and I kind of was like, oh, is that going to be it? Like I thought it would be over after that because that's such a huge situation. But then all of a sudden we see Kate and she's in this like beautiful marble building with giant columns um she's very like done up her hair is done she looks very roman she's She's wearing roman clothing she's got a linen robe i don't even know if it's linen it's probably something fancier (laughs) beautiful blue dress um that's very it's got like a train and it's like very fancy she's like walking down this hall to this gorgeous balcony and behind her Alice is like following her and a choir is singing Oh Happy Day MK I don't know if you want Oh Happy Day oh is that what you wanted yeah (laughs) I thought you were going to drag me for being like this is a weird churchy version and you were like it's a church song it's literally a church song it's like a choir song Oh Happy Day um, I sang it in choir at church. I think this is like a weird version. It's also in Sister Act too, <laughs> as a choir song. Yeah. Um, no bigs. And then Soul Churchy. Alice walks behind. He's following her. Um, he at, they stop at the balcony, and she's kind of looking off the balcony. And he says, "Are you ready?" And then they do suddenly do this very fast zoom out, and. You know, she's looking over at a city that's clearly Rome. It's like all these very well-established homes. And then you pass by like the Colosseum and you're like, oh shit, she's in England? Rome. <laughs> MK's like, is this, did they like build out England? And I was like, no, have you been to, like you've been to um, England. Was there a Colosseum there? Like, can we, can we just for a second sidebar and say that, one of the most iconic things you've ever said mm. is this earth. <laughs> um, we were watching Thor. I want to say one of the Thors. I don't remember which Thor. But it was going between Earth and Asgard. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't know what you were doing. I was half asleep. I was You sleeping. were half asleep. You like woke up and you're like, is this earth? <laughs> and it just seemed like you. such a great representation of you just being like where like where are we what are we because it was very much it was pretty obvious that it was asgard asgard but i was like is this earth what's happening is this earth (laughs) (laughs) 
that was like basically me being like, is this Britain? Yeah. I was and like, no, bitch, there like, isn't a Coliseum in Britain. She's back Rome. in Rome now. Get with the picture. <laughs> and that's the end. We lost. I mean, I'm very used to losing as a Democrat. It's just like comes really natural to me. Wow. But she's in Rome and Laka won the end. <laughs> And we have, and now women have no bodily autonomy. Yeah. Praise be. Praise, praise be. Under his eye. Under his watchful eye. (laughs) I was just like, why does Kate seem so happy slash chill? Yeah, that was confusing. What's going on here? Like, shouldn't she be like, like, the only thing I think of was like, with with all this, I understand maybe him wanting to keep her because she would just become a martyr if he killed her and probably make people, like, even more against mm-hmm. the Roman invasion. So I kind of understand, like, flipping her to your side because she's such an icon for them. <laughs> she's an icon. She's a star. She's, mm. she's the moment. Mm-hmm. And, but then I'm like, why is she so chill about it? Maybe she's under their control. Yeah. Is one thought. Yeah. Another thought is, like, is she pretending to be chill? So she's, like, a long-term plan, you know? That's kind of what I initially thought. You know? Because Amina did that, obviously. Yeah. That was the long game for sure, but I didn't – I would like to see some more around that because that was very unbelievable to me that now all of a sudden Amina is going to go against Temple and save Kate. Like, she hates the Druids. So that I was... feel like Amina is a character that her arc wasn't super defined mm. for me. I, I think I've like always struggled with her character, but now it's just like, yeah, I was good the whole time. Like, wait, huh? <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, but were you? Because you've kind of been an asshole since I've known you. But is she Regni or Canty? I can't remember where. Well, she was married to to a Canty. Who was she married to again? Feline. She was? Is this Earl? <laughs> In the first season, she was married, she was married to, to Feline. And oh, yeah. there was like this other guy there. That do, was they, hot. do they like get a divorce or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they do that. <laughs> but do they sign papers? Well, I think feel it. So I think she became like the leader of the Canty, and she just like completely bowed down to Rome. Mm. Do you remember that? Kind of, yeah. She was basically like Rome's bitch. Oh yeah. Everyone hated her. So why would Antidia be on her side and like? team up with her because she clearly isn't she's clearly on their side if she's like attacking Hempel okay. I guess in their eyes it is a little bit of like a 360 yeah it's a little bit of plot holy to me there some, like if I was some plot holes if there. I was Antidia which Antidia is much less forgiving than me mm-hmm. I would be like well let's just like tie her up too like who knows like she could easily have I don't think this is this is what's happening, but it's like she could easily be pretending to be on their side to like be, you know, to not get captured and be But also just to like I'll I'll be the spy on the inside. Like I'll pretend I'm on their side and I'll give you info or like whatever. They don't even need that anymore cuz they have Kate, so 
whatever. But I don't know. I, the fact that, yeah, that Antidia just, like, trusted her right away. It's kind of weird. But It was just kind of unbelievable to me that that whole thing happened. There. But I guess because Amina isn't Canty because Amina is part of that other family mm. that all died. And they're of a different name. Right. So I It just seemed like her and Antidia knew each other. Maybe they do possible i mean she knew Phelan. she knew like she knew the canty mm-hmm. and so it's possible true 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 remember remember lincoln lincoln <laughs> the president <laughs> yes i remember abraham no! lincoln there's a character named lincoln in season one and he was really attractive and the french um, guy is he French? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. he has like a French accent. Maybe. And what was Kira? What was the sister's name? What sister? The redhead. Mm. Kate's sister? No. Oh my God. Is this Earth? Like what's <laughs> happening right now? Um, oh the yeah. Sister of the Fila. Queen. Yeah. The Queen. What was yeah. her name? Kira? Kara. Kara. Kara and Lincoln were, like, a thing, but then, like, Lincoln and Amina were kind of a thing. Mm. And Lincoln and... Never mind. I'm done. Well, what's your point? (laughs) My point is that I was just reminiscing about season one. Okay. (laughs) And I was trying to make you remember that Amina and Phelan were married. Yeah, that was hard to remember. Let's move on to our segment, What Has Enchanted Us This Week? I really don't know what to do, but I think I'll say Becoming Elizabeth, which is on Hulu. I've only, so I think there's only a couple out so far, but it's about Queen Elizabeth I, and I just really like, I just really like it. It's very interesting to watch. Um, There's a hot guy in it who does a lot of shady stuff, who, like, not kosher things so that doesn't that's not good but before that happens I was enjoying his character and then I don't know it's just fun to see like a young Queen Elizabeth like before she's a queen and I'm excited to like see how it all like plays out and like she gets on the throne and stuff like I kind of know the general story but it'll be fun to see it all go down and then like right now she's hanging out with uh Catherine Parr, who was King Henry VIII's last and final wife. So she was the wife he had when he died. Mm. Um, and she's his daughter, right? She's Elizabeth. King Henry VIII's daughter, but her mother was Anne Boleyn. Gotcha. Yeah, so I thought, I know things. Yeah. <laughs> so my, what has enchanted me this week is a Apple Plus show called Shining Girls. Um, I'm just going to read a quick synopsis mm. just so I'm like really clear on like what it's about. Sure. Years after a brutal attack left her in a constantly shifting reality, Kirby Masrachi learns that a recent murder is linked to her assault. She teams with a veteran reporter to understand her ever-changing present and confront her past. I mean, what a great description. Yeah. This This show features the incredibly talented Elizabeth Moss in her typical role of 
trauma survivor. Mm. She, chef's kiss, you Mm -hmm. know, nails that. Mm -hmm. The kind of, like, surprising standout for me was apparently his name is Wagner Mora. He plays Dan on the show, and he played... It's going to really bother me, but, like, that famous um, drug dealer in Colombia in that Netflix show, Narcos. Mm -hmm. And... That's, like, what one of the big things that he's known for. But he was in the show, and he was really good. And then also Philippa Sue from Hamilton was in it. Oh, and okay. she did a great job. And I'm like, I want to see her in more things. If anyone knows who Amy Brenneman is, I just, like, think she's a great actress. And she was in the show, too. But, like, not a huge role. And then Jamie Bell plays, like, the serial killer. Oh. And he played Billy Elliot. Yeah, I know who Jamie movie. Bell is. Okay, well, a lot of people don't, okay? Um, and he was, like, the serial killer in it, and he was so scary. Um, so he did a good job, too, but I, like, hate him, you know, because he's terrifying. How can you hate Billy Elliot? He's, like, the sweetest baby ever. You, you haven't seen the show. But it's, it's like, a mystery, so it's, like, really, really captivating, and you just, like, want to get to the next episode and, like, figure out what's going to happen. And it's also set in, like, the 90s and, like, back – so it's kind of like a a fun, like, flash back mm. in time. And it's just, it's, I can't, like, give away too much, but there's some kind of fantasy-like elements of it. And it's a horror mystery, so it's it can be very stressful and frightening, but it's also, like, super addicting and really well acted and well made. And I want everyone to watch it. Okay. <laughs> The one other thing I was going to mention really quick was that Love Island. Mm. A bit of me. A bit of me. 100% my type on paper. Mm. Does he got good chat? Does he got good batter? Mm. In it? <laughs> bit moggy. All right. Um, I'm cut off again. Mm-hmm. Season eight just started. I'm on episode 12 or something. Um, as usual, it's just kind of like you just fly through and time doesn't exist kind of when you're watching it um and it's just you know the best distraction the best Mm. entertainment one could ask for so would recommend that's all and that's it for this episode of sisters who saga thanks for listening and remember laka be praised i can't feel anything south of my tit (laughs) see you next time bye bye Please rate, review, and subscribe to Sister Susaga wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's move on to our segment. <laughs> Are you drunk or do you just hate me? I don't need to be drunk. Oh, to be myself. Sure. <laughs>